Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. Last week, Barry preached a message, and he didn't get very many amens, so I probably won't get very many either, but that's okay. You will not um, affect me one bit by your lack of amens. Last week, Barry preached a message about Lay your image down before it takes you down. Go ahead and just say, ouch. He talked about uh, it being one way to talk about God is another way to live for God. And then a couple of weeks ago, Brandon preached a message called Developing a Missional Mindset. <clears throat> Living out, excuse me, living out God's purpose. And um, both of these messages, I thought, I thought were great. And um, they both had to do with us becoming less of a priority and making him more of a priority in our lives, or in other words, giving God what he wants. Out there in the entryway, there's a canvas on the wall that says, Encountering Jesus, Maturing Disciples, and Impacting Culture. Here at Hot FM... We do want to win the lost. We do want to grow in Christ, that is, be a disciple. We want that. And then we want to help others grow in Christ, or in other words, we want to participate in making disciples. Now, we have a command in Mark 16. Jesus told them, go everywhere in the world and tell them. That's proclaimed to them. The word preach is in that that meaning as well. Tell them the good news, that's the gospel, to everyone. Everyone. And then he, he tells us the reason why. Isn't it great when somebody tells you to do something and then they connect the why with it so that you understand? Many times in raising my kids... I would tell them what to do or what not to do, and then I would tell them the reason why. The reason why. It makes it more understandable. It's, I say, it's logical. Um, It's able for me, it makes me able to grasp it in a better way. So he says, go into all the world and tell the good news of the gospel to everyone. Why? Because anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Then he flips the coin over and says, But anyone who does not believe 
will be punished or condemned forever. Matthew 28, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Here it is, teaching or discipling them to observe, not just be aware of, but to observe, meaning to obey and to keep all that I have commanded you. And then in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone, Barry mentioned this verse, I believe, last week. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Not the one that does his will, his own will, but the will of the Father. Is what heaven is about. John 8.31. If you continue to accept and obey my teachings. You are really my followers. So if you do things in your own strength or your own way or your own passions and don't do the will of the Father, he basically says the heaven's not for you. My message, the title today is First Love, His Rightful Place. His rightful place. I have a bunch of questions today. Those of you that have heard me speak, I always I like to ask questions. And I ask myself questions. So this is no beat up. You just get to hear what goes on up here and in here for me. So I have questions today. Here's the first one. How can we share the gospel if we don't live the gospel? James 1, 21 through 25 says it this way. So get rid of all that is wrong in your life, both inside and outside. And humbly be glad for the wonderful message that we have received. For it is able to save our souls as it takes hold in our heart. This is this obeying. And remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. So don't fool yourselves. For if a person just listens, but he doesn't obey, then he is like a man that looks at his face in a mirror. And as soon as he walks away, he can't see himself anymore or remember what he looked like. But if anyone keeps looking steadily into the law of God for a free man, He will not only remember it, but he will do what it says, and God will greatly bless him 
in everything that he does. So Barry's talking about saying one thing and doing another. We need to read the scripture and actually apply it. Put it in our life every day. Every day. That we're commanded, Mark 16, 15 and 16, Jesus told them, go everywhere and tell and proclaim the good news of the gospel to every single person. Let me ask you another question. How can we encourage people to obey his commands if we don't obey his commands? Telling others to do something that we ourselves will not do, nor have done, nor are not willing to do. People who come into my office and they ask for some advice from me, I always give them the advice that I myself would do if I were in their shoes. I don't have different levels of advice. Oh, well, because of your age and because of who you are, you do this. But me, myself, I would never do that? No. What kind of advice is that? I tell people what I would do if I was in their shoes. They don't have to do it. It's up to them. But it's exactly what I would do or have done or would be willing to do if I were in their shoes. Why would we try to live the gospel without passion for the gospel? Passion. Brandon asked the question a week before last, are you available, are you willing to take risks for God, that means your image, and the last one was this, do you have passion to be used by God? When he said that, something happened inside of me. I begin to ask myself about my passion for God. And it, it stirred me to look into God's word with what I was going to speak today. And so today I want to talk about passion. Passion. Let me define it for you. Anything powerful or com a compelling emotion or a feeling. For instance, it could, you could have passion towards a person. Or you could have a passion to hold an office, a political office, or a, some kind of position. It, it includes having enthusiasm, and very strong desire. I think of my wife. I have passion for my wife. Yeah. Enthusiasm and strong desire. It also includes having zeal. We don't use that word very often. Zeal, fervor. priority or it's 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 important to you it's important to you now here's the opposite apathy you don't hear that very often a lack of interest 
our society would say, you're not caring, or it just doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter. There's all kinds of passions. And I I just want to bring out three for you. One is a natural passion. It could be a hobby. It could be you may have a passion to learn. Therefore, you read books or You may have a passion for health and fitness, or maybe you have a passion to be in business and own your own business, or maybe you have a passion for a stake at Texas Cattle Company. (laughs) You may have a passion to skydive, which I think you're mentally off, but that may be your... (laughs) I'm saying that for those in the congregation who have that passion. There's all kinds, all kinds of passions. Another one is an ungodly or a wicked passion. Always finding fault. Can I tell you, that is wicked. Being critical. Exploiting people. A passion for foul language or filthy talk. You say, did you have to go there? Well, let's, let's just go there. I'm fine with it. There are people who love to talk dirty. There are people who love murder. Who love pornography. Who love to be lazy. Go ahead, just say ouch. Love to, I'm, not, I'm not against taking a breather. I'm all for that. So I can get back up and get at it. That's, that's the reason for the breather. But there are people who want to be on their breather break 24-7, 365. Can I tell you, that's an ungodly passion. How are you ever going to do anything for God? Not for yourself. Forget yourself. How are you ever going to do anything for God and and be lazy? I don't know. I told you I wasn't going to get very many amens in here. Last passion that I want to talk about is godly passion. Do you have passion to please him? Do you have passion to read the Bible? To share your faith? Or to witness? And people people make a big deal. Church people, us people, make a big deal about witnessing you know, you can, you can tell somebody what God did for you. And nobody, who can argue with that? The problem is we think we got to preach. I don't have to preach. It's let me tell you what he did for me. Or you see somebody that has issues or struggles or problems. 
and just share what God did for you when you had issues, struggles, and problems. Just as a side note, you don't, I'm not charging anything extra for this, but let me just add this right here. People are more successful in life when they have a passion for what they are trying to accomplish. Think about it. Teachers. School open back up. Amen. That wasn't a teacher. That was a parent. <laughs> but no, teachers have... Teachers need to have a passion. And I guarantee you, the ones with passion, you can go look. They're great teachers. Successful. Or you could have a passion to be a student. There are people like that. I'm not. I wasn't. But there are people who love to be a student. They're usually the good ones, the great ones, the successful ones. Or you could have a passion to lose weight. Now, let me, let me, let me just say something. Should I just give my testimony? Can I give my testimony? I've lost a few pounds. But here's my deal. Is that what, all the, what it took to get all the amens? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I had some health issues, and I went to the doctor. And the doctor said that I should do this and that and this and that and this and that. And when the doctor said that to me, the Holy Spirit, I felt, came to me. And I was faced with the realization that am I going to give God 100% for the rest of my days? That's what, that's what I was asked. And I thought to myself, you know what? I need to. You know, now the enemy, will, the devil will always lie to you. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, you can take insulin shots. Oh, you, you can swallow this pill. Oh, you can... And I just decided, with the help of the Holy Spirit, that I was going to live for God all of my days and give him 100% of my life. Now, I'm not putting anybody down because that wasn't the first time that I heard it from the doctor or my wife. Thank God for a wife. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just telling you what, what happened with me. It's what it was. And I, I didn't, I didn't want to give God any less than 100%. Could I have done it without losing Changing my eating habits. Yeah, but it had been a lot more harder. I just want to be free.
to serve him. I just want to be free. Some of us have passion for our marriage, and it shows. Some don't, and that shows too. Some have a passion to be married. It's getting real quiet in this Baptist church. Now, if you're Baptist, don't get all shook and nervous. I was raised with the Baptist. I know Baptists probably more than you do who are Baptist. I love Baptist people. They taught me discipline, among other things. You may have a passion to be a law enforcement officer. Guess what? You'd probably be a good one. Or a musician. You're probably a good one. Or a mom. You're probably a great mom. You could have passion to be a disciple or a follower of Christ. And you'll be a good one. You'll be a good one. True or false? Your passions can change. True or false? True. True. I could give you, well, you can change your passions because it's a choice. You may, young people, you may want to have a fancy sports car. And then children come along and you want to have a minivan. (laughs) Or you may love chocolate ice cream and eat so much that now you hate it and you love strawberry ice cream. Some people, when they're young, they want to have their own business. And then when they get older and have their own business, they don't want the business anymore. And then there's some like Mick and me who love rice. I'm not eating rice right now, and I'm praying for Mick that he won't want to eat rice. (laughs) Let me ask you a few more questions. Do you have a passion for covenant community? Is it important to you? Guests may say, well, what is that? Well, we do life together here. We're family here. Say, you got to share every detail? No. No, you don't have to. We just ask that you be real. That's why we have a men's group. And the men get in there, and they study, and they express the things that they're going through, their struggles, and they pray together. They're real. They're real. There are people who think a men's group isn't important. I disagree. I think it's very important. So it is with other facets of our community. 
Do you have a passion to reach this city or this county? God does. Do you have a passion to help spread the gospel around the world? Or do you even care about the rest of the world? God does. Say, well, I can't can't do all that. Well, there's missionaries. And there's other people that go. And they do this. Support them. You're an extension. How much passion do you have for God? Is it... Is God, here's one, is God just part of your world that's mixed into everything else, like coming on Sundays? Nothing wrong with coming on Sundays, but if it's just mixed in with everything else and you don't have passion for the things of God? I'm not talking about saved people or unsaved people. Unsaved people have no passion for God. I'm talking about saved people. And since we're all in this room together and those watching over the internet, I'm talking to us. Believers. Christians. Saved. How much do we love God? Where does he rank on our priorities list? Is your relationship with him above every other relationship? Like your spouse or your child or a friend? You say, spouse? Yeah. My relationship with God should be above my relationship with my wife. You say, well, that doesn't sound very loving. My relationship with God helps me to love my wife properly. Is possessing Christ more important than every other possession? More important than your house or your car or your degree or your job or even money? Is possessing Christ the most? I think we can all admit that we need more passion for God in our lives. I know I found myself this week in prepping for this message. I was asking God, I, I, need, I need more passion for you. For you. I want more. And I want to talk about that today. Godly passion. Reasons for having passion for God Above every other. First of all, it's because we're commanded to. In Deuteronomy 6, it says, Listen, people, the Lord is our God. The Lord is the only God. We must, listen to that word, must. We must love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. Always remember these commandments that I've given you today. In other words, it's a command. It's a command. Luke 10, 25 through 28. Then an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, 
what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you understand from it? Now notice, notice the requirement of a total commitment. The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you do yourself. And Jesus said to him, your answer is right. Do this and you'll have eternal life. Notice the commitment. It's all. It's all. Carissa was singing the phrase up here about giving God many crowns. Now I was... I was asking the Holy Spirit, what, 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 what does that mean? And here, here's, here's what he said to me. I feel he said it to me. You can judge. I feel like he said you're giving him rulership and kingship in your life, in different aspects of your life. Yes, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. But do you let him in your home? Do you let him into every room in your home? So it's a command. Number two, it keeps you in the center of his will for your life. When you have passion for God, you'll stay in the center of his will. When passion for God is a priority, you want to do what pleases him, and you want to obey him. I know there's some people that are watching over the internet, not in this room, right? Who you, you, you struggle to do right, do the right thing, say the right thing, act the right way. When you put Christ in the center... There's not much of a struggle. You're going to have to kill your flesh. Once that flesh is crucified and you want to do, you'll find yourself wanting to do what pleases him and obeying him, you're going to walk in freedom. You will walk in freedom. Matthew 7 21 through 23. Not every, Barry, Barry said this last week. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, of heaven, but only the ones who do the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Evil doers, workers of miracles. Let me tell you something. There are people all over the world that perform miracles, but they're not from God. You say, I don't believe that. Trust me. Trust me on that one. And then 1 John 2. Do not love the things of the world. 
If you love the world, the love for my Father is not in you. Stern, stern scriptures this morning. For these are the ways of the world, wanting to please your sinful selves, lust of the flesh, wanting the sinful things that you see, the lust of the eyes, and being too proud of what we have. That's the pride of life. None of these things come from the Father, but, they're all, but they all come from the world. The world and everything that people want in it are passing away. But the person who does what God wants, meaning the will of God, will live forever. It's pretty cut and dry. Pretty cut and dry. Living for God, yielding to him. And then the passion makes us able to do it. It encourages us to do it. And then here's the third one. So number one was it's a command. Number two, it keeps passion, keeps you in the center of God's will. And number three, passion is your fuel. It's your fuel. It's the key ingredient. It's the thing that sustains you and motivates you and keeps you in your walk with God. If all you want is what God has for you, it's going to require unrelenting passion for God. That's what it's going to require. You want everything, everything that God has for you. Oh, I just, I just wish he'd do this, 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 and this, and this. No, how serious are you about God in your life? Matthew 16, 24 Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, that is, set aside his selfish interests, as good as they are, as good as you think your ideas are for your life. Set those aside. He's got to deny himself, take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me. That is believing in me, conforming to my example in living. And if you need to suffer, then suffer. And perhaps even die because of your faith in Christ. Passion is your fuel. Passion is your fuel. It's the fuel that helps you set aside selfish interests. It's the fuel that helps you endure hardness. It's the fuel that causes you to be conformed to his image. It's the fuel that will get you through suffering. It's the fuel. Passion is the fuel. I wrote down some things this morning. Effective ways to have increased passion for God. Let me just throw them out at you. Some may have some meaning, some you don't think that much of. That's fine. You, you won't offend me, I promise. Uh, number one, remember God's grace in your life. That's how you increase passion. You, you remember, Sam talked about it, the grace of God in your life. That's being grateful. 
You repent for your sins and you ask God to help you overcome in those areas. Another one, you establish an active prayer life. You talk to God. Oh, well, you know, I just, I just don't, don't know. No, it increases your passion. When I sit down and talk to my wife and share with her, I de- it develops that passion in me for her more. Why? It's communication. It's opening up. Well, I just don't think I can pray that long. You'd be surprised. If you talk to God in just in conversation form, I know many of you have heard when I had my business, I'd do it for hours in the truck driving from here to Miami or here to Pensacola. Just talk. Just talk. It's not reserved for just the elite or the apostles. Talking with God is for everyone. The youngest person, the oldest person. I watched um, a funeral yesterday online for uh, my roommate in boarding school. It was his mother that passed away. And the one thing that they just kept on saying is how much she prayed. And I got to thinking, you know what? That woman talked a lot with God. They, they said that you couldn't come in her presence and just chit-chat about anything without her saying, you know what? Let's just pray about that. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. Another way to increase is to read your Bible daily or keep a journal where you can look back at it or where you can let the Word of God come alive. Create a list of blessings in your life and thank God for them. Oh, well, you don't know what the devil's doing to me. Change your focus. Just change your focus. Appreciate the life that God's given you. In other words, take it serious. Don't be some joker out there in the workplace and you slothful and barely get there on time and want to cut out early. And Don't do any of that and name the name of Christ. Regularly attend church and church activities. Join a Bible study. Here's one. Use, your, use the talents that God's given you. Oh, well, I don't know what talent I got. Why don't you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit? He'll show you. Be effective, in other words. Sing worship songs to God and actually mean it. We kind of touched on it this morning. Mean it. Surround yourself with believers. Strive. You want increased passion for God? Strive to apply God's word in your everyday life. Here's one. Forgive and be at peace with everyone. You know, when you don't forgive, your passion for God... Being at peace lets you walk in freedom. Here's one that I love. This, this is me. If there's ever Dave Vespa, this one is Dave Vespa. You can put it on my tomb. Surrender yourself and give yourself 
over to the Holy Spirit, trading all of your passions for his passions. Philippians 2.13, for it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is, he strengthens you, he energizes you, creating in you the longing, there's the passion, and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure or for his will. You can ask God to change your passions and give yourself totally to him to allow him to adjust and correct for his good pleasure. That is what pleases him. Psalm 37, 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Find delight in the Lord. Then he will give you all of your heart's desires or passions. Commit everything in your life to God. Trust him to help you and he will. Period. No contingency clauses in that contract. It just ends with a period. Let us be people whose greatest passion is not for natural things, not for ungodly things, not for the pride of possessions, not for self-promotion, not for the lust of the eye, but rather let our greatest passion be for God and to do his will and to advance his kingdom. Luke 10, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. That is making God our highest passion. Let's pray together. Father, we're asking you today to help us as we look at our lives, the passions that are in our lives. God, we're you're not at the top of the list. We're asking you for help right now. Right now. We know that the things of this world have crept in, have distorted, have actually took the place of you as priority. We all have to deal with this from time to time. We all need to ask ourselves the question from time to time. It's like being in school. You've got to take the test, see what you learn, see where you are. God, today we, we take a look at our lives and we ask you to look at our lives and to show us anything that's maybe taken the place of you being at the top. I know we all have things that we've got to deal with and things in our life. I, I, I understand that. But after all the dust settles, are you at the top? 
Are you at the top? Do we find ourselves talking with you? Not only throughout the day, but throughout the night. I pray that we would be men and women of character, godly character, where we're able to actually assess ourselves and make the adjustments where needed. God, you know that I never intended for this message to be a beat down. Oh, no. It's called looking into the glass, into the mirror, and seeing the true reflection. I pray that we would be a body of believers who love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength, who's committed to you. And out of our commitment to you, we're able to reach others, live a life that's holy and pure, that others would see our good deeds and would actually glorify God, which is in heaven. This isn't about us putting the spotlight on us. This is about truly putting the spotlight on you and adjusting the focus so you are clear to others around us. May we not be blamed for having you out of focus. May people truly see you in our lives and know that we've been with God. Holy Spirit, I ask in just these moments that you would speak to each heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart to show you. Just ask him. Now, Father... Everything that you've showed us, we commit to change. Everything that you're going to show us, we commit to change. And I thank you that you help us do that. You give us the power to overcome. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.